0: You're listening to Faith with Friends Podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Welcome back, friends, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Today, I'm joined by a great friend of mine, a beautiful woman inside and out, a friend and a sister of Christ. She's a retired businesswoman. She's a mother of teenage twins, a wife to a successful CEO. She's also a person of style, fashion, and grace. She has a servant's heart for sure. She's always looking for opportunities to give and love others. And I think she's probably has the most teachable heart of anybody that I know. She always wants to grow and learn and be better and do better. So welcome to my podcast, Mel.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Wow, you really, Talked to me up a lot I feel very complimented
0: <laughs> I feel all of those things that is true and Mel's name is Melinda and Mel so I'm so glad to have you on today and today we're going to talk about how to make your home a sanctuary we all would like peaceful loving beautiful homes and I think Mel has a beautiful home but she goes much deeper than that and tries to set the atmosphere and the tone and I'm so excited to hear all of the tips and hacks that you have for us today.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to share. You know, the, the woman is the center of the home, right? The heart of the home. And there's a saying that's very cliche, but I believe it's true. Happy wife, happy life. And that's because God gave women um, the role and the responsibility of being the caretakers for their family. Now, of course, you know, women have careers, they have jobs outside of the home, but I do believe that you can work outside of your home, but then also serve in your home, be the heart of your home, and create an atmosphere for your family that initiates peace and joy. And that's what I strive to do every day in my home. Um, yes, the wife sets the tone for the home. For example, I need to be at my best in order for me to serve my family and my children to create that home that exudes God's love to them. And in order to do that, I need to make myself right with God. I need to spend time with him in the morning before I open my eyes, I pray, I ask God to bless our day, to help me to choose my words wisely to give me joy and contentment in all that I have to do for the day and to be an example to others. And I have, you know, reading God's word also sets the tone. He, He speaks wisdom to our hearts through his word. Now, do I do this every morning? I wish I could say yes, but I will tell you that on the mornings that I take the time to pray, to read a little bit of scripture before I start my day, things in my house seem to run more smoothly. The mornings are better. The afternoons are better. It's just a different environment. It's less hectic. I believe when we ask God to multiply our hours, he miraculously somehow figures out to multiply our hours. If I have a night where I didn't sleep well, and I ask him to multiply the hours of my sleep, or to help me get done everything I need to get done. I'm able to on the days where I'm rushed and hurried and I just don't have time to pray or or the mornings where I wake up and the first thing I do is look at Instagram as opposed to praying or looking at God's word. I have to say, if I stop and reflect at the end of the day, those are not my best days. And so I think the first thing we need to do as Christian women, is to really set our hearts on what is important to God by spending time with him. And then when we do that, we're able to give our best to, the, to those that we love. Some of the things that I like to do in in my home to set a proper tone is for the kids, come downstairs for breakfast to light a candle in the kitchen. I put on, I have a playlist called Mom's Soul Lifting Music. It's It's on our Apple Music. It's full of worship songs that are meaningful to me, songs that my kids have grown up listening to. I like to have that playing in the background and I keep a devotion book on the kitchen table and I will sometimes sit down with the kids and read from the devotions. Some mornings they're, they're rushing more than others and they don't have time on those days that we actually do have time to read a devotion before the start of the school day. I just feel it just sets the, the tone for the day off on such a positive note. My children are going to be 17 this summer and they're now driving.
0: Oh my they're goodness.
1: Na- yes. They're now driving to school. But a tradition that we had in the car on the way to school, starting in pre-K three was to read Jesus Calling. Uh, it used to, It's an app on the phone and I could hook it up to my radio and have it read it to us. And then when they got older enough to read, I would have them take turns reading the devotion for the day. And it just so the kids are getting a little bit of the word of God, too, before they start their day.
0: Absolutely. And that's such a good idea to start young when they're little and you create that habit. But what about a mom that's listening that's never done it before? And now their kids are teenagers and they're like, what do you mean you want me to listen to uh app in the car called Jesus Calling or read a devotional on the book, how can you lead them to that?
1: You know, God is ever present. He's, he's there waiting for us to knock. And I don't think there's ever a time in our lives where we can't just start seeking him. He's available, he's ready. And if we have the heart to teach our children to start seeking God first, he's going to make the way. You know, of course, it could be awkward at first and the teenager might be like, what? Yeah. But I promise you, God's word is living. It speaks to us, to us personally. Yeah. And that first day that you open up a devotion or you open up that Bible and say, hey, I want to start the day off reading this. You leave it to God to Mm -hmm. touch their hearts and to instill in them a desire to continue
0: doing it. And maybe if your kids are already out of your house, then you can buy them each the same devotional or even take a picture and put it in a group text and say, I love this devotional this morning. I wanted to share it with you and just find interesting ways to share what you're learning and how God is motivating and encouraging you.
1: Right, we all have family group chats, right? I mean, everybody has access to a cell phone these days, like even the littlest of kids. And i love to send scripture in the family group chat. And um, especially like today, my my children have um, final exams today. Of course, we prayed before their exams. But then once I know they're settling in and they're about to start, I like to send a scripture that they'll see either before or after they finish their exam, just to give them peace and and calm during a stressful time.
0: Yeah. And the Bible promises us that his word does not return void. It accomplishes its purpose and a scripture sent from a place of love for encouragement, you just have to trust God that he's planting that seed deep down into their hearts, right?
1: Exactly. And then going back to the home, we're talking about our children's hearts, right? But going back to the home and the woman being the heart of the home, you know, a house is defined by walls and space, but a home is defined by what is inside of those walls the love and the joy and the peace that's found inside so it doesn't matter if you live in a one bedroom apartment or you live in a grand estate the love of god can overpower whatever space you're living in but that starts that starts with us the woman of the home
0: exactly and anyway. I think you made a great point before you get out of bed in the morning, spending some time really intentionally lifting up your day, the day of all of the people that live in your house, their hearts, your own heart, you know, we can become bitter and we can become distracted from our purpose in God. And I think remembering that first thing in the morning, Lord, you've created me in this circle, in this family, help me to be the light, help me. You know, if I have some unforgiveness or bitterness in my heart, help me to surrender that to you. It just sets the entire tone. And a lot of people say, well, I don't like to wake up early. I'd rather have my devotionals at night than have an additional at night because you need that morning time to, first of all, to, to just have that. You know, it says that His mercies are new every morning. Well, His mercies are new every minute. All we have to do is ask. But in the morning, it's a fresh new day. You can put the past behind you. And really set your purpose what is my purpose for today like you said putting on some worship music inviting the holy spirit into that room while you're preparing breakfast or sitting and having a bite to eat with your kids bringing the conversation talking about how god is meeting you where you're at really just you know, bringing God to the conversation.
1: And then just creating a nice environment. You know, I I like my home to be a haven. I like my husband and my children to come in and just feel like that. (sighs) I'm here, I'm safe. I like to have fresh flowers in my house at all times. And now I recognize not everybody has a budget for fresh flowers, but, you know, we all live you know, in walking distance of something green. We're lucky. We live in Miami, in neighborhoods, near parks. You know, if you're taking a walk around your neighborhood, bring a pair of scissors and cut some pretty leaves, cut a branch. And, um, you know, you might feel like a crazy lady doing (laughs) that. I I have been known to walk around my neighborhood with a pair of scissors. You know, bring something green and living into your home. Um, I have you know, some beautiful plants in my yard. And I love to walk around and cut the leaves, make arrangements out of just greens. So, you know, if you don't have a budget for fresh flowers, there are always greens that are available.
0: And I've walked into your house and seen that greenery coming out of a beautiful vase and said, wow, where did you buy that? And you're like, what do you mean? I snipped it out of my backyard. So I've learned that from you, just taking some pretty green branches and leaves from around your your house or your neighborhood and sticking it in a pretty glass vase that you might have or even a cup if you don't have a pretty vase putting it in a tall glass it really does I mean I've walked in and seen that and I've learned that from you and I've had dinner parties where I've gone down the street and looked for some bougainvillea my neighbor's house and done a few clippings and put that on the table and everybody always comments oh that's beautiful where did you get that um it might be on the branch in my neighbor's yard but you're right. It's an easy, simple, costless, you know, thing that you can do to make your house more inviting. Yeah,
1: Another thing I like to do is I like to set a pretty table for breakfast, for dinner, um, if we're at home, on the weekends for lunch. What does that mean? It means I like to use pretty dishes. I don't like to use plain, boring white paper napkins. I like to use cloth napkins or pretty paper napkins. I mean, you can go on to Amazon and there is a plethora of pretty paper napkins that are available and you can buy them according to the season. For summer, I like lemons or palm trees or something with flowers. For the fall, something that has deep autumn colors and just set your table. If you don't want to wash cloth napkins and iron cloth napkins, which I, you know, can be a a time consuming task, pretty paper napkins. I put greenery or flowers on my kitchen table. There's always a jar there full of something and a candle, of course, that's always lit whenever we're going to sit down to eat
0: Mm -hmm. and it
1: just creates an environment conducive to Tonight's nice conversation, you know, where, you know, listen, it, it's difficult to get everybody to sit down for a meal these days. In my home, the one meal we can all always have together, and whether I eat or not, or just have my coffee, is breakfast. We sit down together at breakfast. My husband sits down for breakfast before work. I sit down with my coffee. The kids sit down before school, and it's a great way to start the day. Family dinners are challenging. You know, for example, my daughter gets home from her dance team practice at six, my son gets home from his football practice at seven, and my husband gets home from work at 7:30, sometimes eight. When my daughter comes home from dance, she's starving and she needs to eat right away. When my son comes home from football, he's starving and he needs to eat right away. Nobody wants to wait until eight o'clock when we know everybody will be home. That's just the reality of life. So if you compare Pick one meal that is like your special time together. Um, then I think that's important for setting the tone, tone of your home as well. And maybe it's just having lunch on a Saturday afternoon, or maybe it's this one night of the week you can figure out where everybody can wait until a certain time to eat together. But having those meals together also really sets the tone for your family and your home.
0: Absolutely. That's a great idea. And if you can't do it every night, Pick one day of the week and say, listen, I'd really love to have everybody at the table Saturday at four o'clock Can we work it out so we can all have dinner together. I think those are important and very special times.
1: Yes. Another good practice is praying over the different rooms of your house. You know, sometimes conflict arises. We don't know where it comes from, but scripture says there are spirits of envy, spirits of a negativity, of conflict, of, of anger. And we bring things into our home unknowingly. So it's important on a regular basis to just go room to room and pray God's blessing over that room to anoint the room. And, um, you know, anoint the master bedroom, you know, Lord, please reign over my marriage. Jesus, please be the mediator between my husband and I may this room be full of peace and joy and love and filled with your spirit. May our our marriage bed be pure. Go into your children's room and, and pray that your children would have a great night's sleep in this room. That it would be a place of, of relaxation, a place where they can focus and study, uh, a place that brings them peace. Just, you know, praying, asking for God to instill his presence his, his Holy Spirit into each room of your home can make a huge difference. You know, he says there are angels that, that protect us. We don't see them, but they're there. And, you know, asking him for an extra portion of protection in stressful times in your life, asking him for an extra portion of his presence and his spirit in your home during trying and stressful times, it
0: can, it can bring peace back where it's, where it's missing. Yeah, I think that's great. That's very intentional. Maybe even going online and downloading some prayers for each room in your house or opening your Bible and looking up different prayers and going one by one and praying in each room of the house. And I'm reminded of James when you said that, that teaches us that conflict rises from within us from our own selfish desires. And that's a great way to combat it. We can talk till we're blue in the face, but God deals with the heart of each person. So I think praying over your entire home, over your entire family one by one on a regular basis like make that a habit in your life whether it's the first day of the month or the first day of the week or you know whatever the lord leads you to do spending some intentional time going passing through each room in your house and there are some great great resources online and i'll see if i can add a link into the notes of some that i have but praying you know when you're washing the dishes praying lord wash away our sins cover thank you that our our sins are red like scarlet but you make us white like snow were cleansed through your righteousness, praying over each of the bedrooms for purity, for their hearts to be right with God, for them to be pondering the things of God when they're falling asleep and waking up in the morning and their own prayer lives.
1: Exactly. You know, I had the luxury of building my own home. And I tell you, one of the things that I did with the kids that was actually beautiful was before they poured the foundation of the home, we all picked scripture and we wrote it on papers. And we put it on the ground under the rebar before they poured the foundation. And then when the walls were just drywall, we went in with pens and wrote scriptures on the walls in each room that ultimately got covered by plaster and paint, but the scriptures are there. So I feel like God's word is in the foundation of my home and it's yes. in the walls. Now, not everybody builds their own home. I I recognize that, but you can still God's word, go into a closet behind your clothes and write a verse down on the wall or type a verse up on a piece of paper and tape it in a room. You know, if you don't want people to see it, do it Do it in a conspicuous place where you know it's there and God knows it's there, but we can fill our homes with the word of God and the word of God is just, I cannot emphasize enough how powerful the word of God is. It is our weapon. It is our, it is truth. It is life. It is the breath that we breathe.
0: I did In the same thing room. when I built my house. I remember I, I wrote a scripture for every room and I would tell the guy who's here with boots up to his thigh, walking through the concrete, it's being poured. And I'm like, no, that's the kitchen's a little further over. I need this one to go there. And he was like, what do you, if you don't mind me, asking, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm burying God's word into the foundation of my house. And he's like, why so i got an opportunity to share with him why that was important to me and of course we can write a piece of paper and walk away and if we're not trying to live out god's word it's useless but god knew my heart and i wanted my the foundation of my house to be built on his goodness and his love and his mercy and his sacrifice so that was such an important part of of building, like you said, the house. And I think of that scripture, I think it's in Proverbs that says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builder labors in vain. It doesn't matter how beautiful you make your house. It doesn't matter your settings on your table, how glamorous they are. If you aren't inviting the Holy Spirit into that moment, you're just making a pretty, it's just pretty, right? Exactly. But it's the motive behind it where I want to do all things to honor God. I want my family to experience peace and love. And I want to reflect God's goodness when they're around, when they're in my home. I want them to take those thoughts with them into the world as they're facing tests. Not only, you know, school tests, but the tests and trials of life that we're all going to go through.
1: Yes. Trials. You mentioned that. Listen, you know, we all have bad days. And, you know, as much as I like to be that godly Proverbs 31 woman, and I'd like to share that verse when we end, I have bad days. You know, I have days where my tone of voice is not very nice, where I snap at something that on a regular day, maybe a day that I'd spent more time with God, I wouldn't have snapped at. But I think what's important for our husbands and our family to see is a repentant heart, and a heart willing to say, you know what? I had a bad day. I'm gonna ask for forgiveness, but I'm not gonna, and I'm gonna ask you to, to forgive me. I had a bad day. I'm a work in progress, right? We're all works in progress. My goal is to be like Jesus. My gro- My goal is to grow in him day by day, but he was perfect and we will never be perfect. We will always fall short of the glory of God and we're gonna sin just to be able to acknowledge, like, hey, this was not a good day. I'm sorry. Tomorrow's another day. I'll do better. That teaches them something as well.
0: Yeah, it models how to make mistakes in life, and they're all going to make mistakes. And I'm so glad you brought up that topic, Mel, because there might be some people listening now thinking, "Oh, these ladies sound like they have a lot of time on their hands, and they're, you know, using linen napkins, <laughs> and um, they're spending a lot of time praying and doing stuff in their house." But I have real life problems we do not have perfect lives we don't have perfect families and we're definitely not perfect nor do we ever want to give that that view that we think we're perfect because clearly we are not however we are forgiven and us continually wanting to grow part of the growing process is acknowledging our weaknesses acknowledging where we fail and that invites again the holy spirit into our home Because we're not walking with a prideful spirit, well, I do everything right and I'm, I'm a woman of excellence. No, I'm broken and sometimes a real mess. But because of that, I'm drawn and I depend on God. And when I can model what a dependence on God looks like in my everyday walk with my family and with others, I hope that God redeems some of those mistakes and uses it for his greater good in life, for my greater good and for his glory. You know,
1: it's funny because my husband and my children, they love, like if they see me acting in a way that may not be a Christian-like way, I don't know, maybe yelling at somebody in traffic or getting snippy with somebody that I'm speaking to, gossiping, you know, all the things that any of us can do at any given moment, they'll say that's not very Christian-like behavior. And that used to annoy me, but the truth is, is I'm glad they recognize it because they know that I have a heart that wants to serve God. They know what a Christian looks like because on many days, I show them what a Christian looks like. And on those days when I don't act like a Jesus follower, where I don't necessarily behave like that Proverbs 31 woman, that woman of God, and they recognize it, I like that they bring it to my attention because it shows me I've done a good job. I've modeled to them and explained to them what it should look like. And when, and when the behavior is contrary to that, they recognize it and are quick to call me on it. Now, of course they're doing it sometimes to be smart, but Mm -hmm. the point is, is it's a, it's an opportunity to converse. It's an opportunity to say, you know what, you're right that wasn't very nice of me. And, you know, I, I shouldn't have gossiped about that person, or I shouldn't have spoke so rudely to X, Y, and Z. So it's just always an opportunity for conversation and for growth. And, but that's up to us. We have to have the humble heart, the servant's heart. And if they bring it to our attention, we have to be quick to repent.
0: Yeah. Instead of becoming defensive.
1: Mm -hmm. Instead of becoming defensive.
0: is a great thing to talk about because we are talking about bringing peace into our home. And we all have, I think, unhealthy relational and communicational patterns where we become defensive or we become aggressive or angry. And we have sometimes in our marriages especially, but with our kids and our friends too, we can fall into these patterns where you do this and this is how I respond. And then it becomes this cycle, this cycle of unhealthy communication that we don't realize that we're modeling for our yep. children. So let's talk about that for a minute. That's that's a hard thing to break because what we wanna do is pray for the other person to change, but God usually changes us first. So I think, what do you think are two things that women can do when we've fallen into this thing where we start either nagging or we're upset at something somebody's habitually doing, and we're gonna fall into this cycle again of arguing and complaining and letting them know how they let us down. What are some things we can do to change that, to break away from that unhealthy pattern?
1: Well, you know, God searches the heart. He knows our innermost thoughts and he knows our motives. So to check ourselves and to ask him to search our hearts and to reveal to us any motives, any thoughts that we need to repent of, to ask for his guidance and his wisdom. He shares his wisdom lavishly when we ask for it, to ask for his wisdom in certain situations, to pause and take a breath, like before reacting, cause I, this is something I'm actually working on. My first go-to is to just like defend my cause, right? If my husband point, you know, If we're having a disagreement on something, I want to have the last word. I'm really working on being still and quiet and a gentle word turns away wrath. That's That's a verse that I like to repeat to myself. So if we're having a conversation that is about to turn into an argument, I'm really trying to practice just being quiet. And sometimes the conversation in my head will go, Jesus, you heard him did you hear what he just said? Mm, That's not correct. And I don't agree with that, but I'm not going to tell him. I'm going to let you tell him. I'm just going to be quiet and walk away. You deal with him. It started off as a little joke that I would do, Mm -hmm. but I tell you what, it gives me peace. It makes me feel in control, not out of control, right? Because I'm not taking the control into my own hands but I'm giving control of the situation or the argument to God who is in control of all things. So I'm giving it to him and walking away. And I have to tell you, it works. Yes. It works because the situation will diffuse. Things will always manage to work themselves out. And there's peace where there was strife or where there could have been strife. So the more I can let go of my own desire to have the last word, to defend my case and just give it to God, I find my home is more filled with peace.
0: And if we've had that same argument 943 times, why do we think that 944 will be the one time that our significant other will realize that they're completely wrong that we are correct and they're gonna apologize and say you've been right all along it's not gonna work I always say like once it gets to an argument you've already lost you've already lost because now you guys are both hunkered down no one's gonna acknowledge they're wrong in that moment so I like what you said you said stop and pray which is basically invite God seeking God and inviting him into the situation you said pause Take a moment, take a deep breath. Ken Sands, th- from the book, the author of the book, Peacemaker, says to drink a glass of water because it takes seven seconds to take a few sips of water and that the, the hydration and the pause does your body good. And then you said something else. You said being quiet, being still and quiet. And God says that a quiet and contrite heart, he will not despise. He yeah. wants us to be quiet. <laughs> Having
1: that conversation in your head, say the things to God that you want to say to your spouse. Yes. Is, God is relational, right? He, Jesus lived on this earth as a human being. He is God, but he understands all human emotions. He gets it. He truly does. Tell him what you want to tell your husband. Jesus, he's wrong. Oh, can you believe he said that? Like, tell him. And, and, yeah. then, and then say, you know what? You handle him. Yeah. You've got Surrender. this. Surrender. Surrender. I tell you, there is so much peace in that. There's power in that, right? Yeah. Like being meek is power under control. control.
0: Yes. So just choose the meek route. And then, what then happens- even redirecting. Redirecting. Mm-hmm. redirecting. I take a moment. I pause. I pray. I'm going to let it go, I'm going to be quiet, and then I'm going to just, you know what, change the subject. Which sometimes they want to have a conversation, and if it's already heated, you can say, I see that you. it's really important to you to talk about this, but right now we're both really upset. Can we Can we talk about it tomorrow after dinner? Like, Can we make an appointment to discuss it when we're both calm and willing to compromise? And then just change the subject. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you that today, you know, this happened, or you know just change the subject and bring it around because at the end of the day when you're in the middle of that or even with the kids when you're in the middle of an argument where you're both you know set on your opinion of what's happening or your standard you there's no more compromise so let's redirect let's let's learn let's pray and ask god teach me to be a person that can let go and give me wisdom to know when i've hit a brick wall this is no longer going to go forward. And also, how about being willing to say, is anything they're saying correct? Because they might be saying it in the wrong way, but they might be saying something that's true about me. And I need to be honest and say, is any part of what he's saying true? Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, nothing can diffuse an argument like, you know what? I think you might be right about that.
1: Oh, exactly. That might and be then- something
0: I need to work on. And that might be something that, that I'm ashamed to say is true about me. Like, how do you argue that? I'm agreeing with you. How do you right. argue that?
1: Right. A gentle word.
0: Yes. absolutely. A gentle word. You
1: know, I'd like to read. This is one of my favorite, favorite verses because truly it describes the kind of woman that I strive to be. I fall short daily that this is what I strive for. It's the epilogue. The wife of a noble character, and it's Proverbs 31, and it starts in verse 10. It says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hand. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hands, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor, and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and she sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring praise at the city gates i mean does that sound like a pretty darn cool woman to you it does it sounds like she's an entrepreneur yes she buys she trades she invests she creates she manages she she does it all Right. I mean, this is this is today's modern woman who works outside of the home, who helps to contribute to her family's income, who invests wisely and then who runs her home in a godly and peaceful way. This is the woman. this, This is how God defines a godly woman. This is not a doormat. This is not somebody who allows, you know, there's the word submissive in the Bible, which I know upsets a lot of people, but being submissive is meekness under control. You know, at the end of the day, we choose a leader for our home. And in God's hierarchy, it's God, husband, wife. But this wife that God describes is not a doormat, she is a leader, she is a businesswoman. It's just, she she manages her home in a very beautiful way yeah. that gives her power and gives her control.
0: She's a woman that knows the benefits of fearing the Lord. Mm-hmm. She's a woman that fulfills God's command throughout her life. She knows God's purpose in her life and her calling. And she does it to the best of her ability with wisdom, making good decisions And she lives a life according to God's ideals. This is a woman who knows God, fears God, and lives her life in honor of God.
1: So the whole podcast is about creating a peaceful home and setting the tone in your home. Reading this verse, and it's a long verse, reading pieces of this verse on a regular basis and just asking the Lord, help me to be more like a Proverbs 31 woman. I promise you, if that is your heart's desire and you make a conscious effort to do that and you ask God for his help, you will have a peaceful home full of people who are content where joy is felt and where others want to gather and be because of how they feel when they walk in through your door.
0: Exactly. And I think that's definitely the kind of home you've created, Mel. Definitely. Mel opens her home to all kinds of different women from different backgrounds for charitable events. She's opened her home to us, our friend group, many of times just to go and have a wonderful lunch and pray for and with each other. And I think that's also a beautiful thing that we do for our children, for our husbands, is show them, listen, prayer is so important to me, that I'm inviting a few friends over And we're going to be praying for you, for your lives and your problems. I remember you mentioning to me once that when your husband had an important meeting and you said, how can I pray for you today? That is demonstrating to them, I trust God and I'm going to go to God on your behalf. How can I lift you up in a proper way before the Lord? And I think hosting things in your home that invite women in invite the other kids in the neighborhood in whoever it is invite people in and then bring them to the throne of god god is god sees that and he honors that and he wants to fill that space with his spirit he's going to show up when you come and call on him he's going to show up he's going to be there what more beautiful thing is to know that our house is filled the bible says that our house is filled with treasures through wisdom it's every room is filled with treasures meaning our children But how beautiful is it to know that my house is filled with the Holy Spirit. God lives here with us. So when you said that it's God first, then our husbands, and then the wives, what's the most beautiful thing that we can do is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to have the Lord dwelling in our home and knowing that we're making our house a sanctuary so that others will feel his love right here where we live inside of these walls. Regardless of how big or small your house is, regardless of what your zip code is, it's you seeking God on behalf of your family and your loved ones so that he will fill each of us and we will all know him and walk with him. I
1: have a friend, she's a missionary. And no matter where I've ever lived, starting from when I first got married and my house was not the house that it is today, I always allowed her once or twice a year to host something in my home where she would invite people who didn't necessarily know the Lord and share with them. I would provide coffee or breakfast, lunch, what have you. I can't tell you how many people came to know the Lord because of me opening up my home to this friend of mine, being a hostess, being hospitable. And she would always tell me, Mel, your living room is sacred ground. And that's because we would gather in the living room or gather in a room in the house, pray, and I share the Lord's love. And that alone brings peace to your house. That alone brings God's spirit to your home.
0: Yes.
1: So being hospitable to others, kind to others, generous to others with our homes is another way to bring his spirit and that peace and tranquility to our families. Yes. sharing with others.
0: Well, this has been a great talk, Mel, very motivating. I wanna go and get some leaves outside and I also (laughs) wanna go through my house and pray over all these people that live here in all of these rooms. And I think we've done that too. We've invited each other to each other's house. Hey, let's pray over our houses because there's times of turmoil or trouble or suffering. And if you don't feel comfortable, I mean, again, you can just print some prayers out and read them. If you don't feel that you're qualified Although I have to tell you that Jesus is our friend. He's our friend. And if you have Jesus in your heart, if you don't, I hope that you take today and invite him in your heart. But if if you do know Jesus and he's your friend, he's with you, he doesn't care about eloquent words. He cares about the heart. He cares about what's inside your heart and your desire just to say, God, help these people know you better. Help me to be a woman that honors and, and fears you and that my life would reflect that. Those are just simple it doesn't have to be fancy words. But if you don't want to do it alone, invite a friend. And maybe that friend says, I've never done that. Well, can are you willing to do it with me together? Let's do some research. Let's each come up with some, some things that we can, you know, purposely pray for for our families and I'll go to your house and then you come to my house and that's something that can bring people together and bond people as well I mean how how much are you going to love somebody who's willing to take their time and effort to come to your house and pray for your family
1: exactly and remember there's a scripture that says wherever two or more are gathered in my name so I am with them
0: absolutely
1: So, two people joining together for in prayer God is right there with them
0: absolutely Well, I can't wait for our next podcast. You guys should be listening in because now that Mel's kids are driving to school, she has some more time to commit to our podcast. So I'm very (laughs) excited about that. I think that you're a very godly woman with a lot of wisdom. I think you're also a very authentic woman who's honest with your weaknesses and your mistakes. And I think that you have a lot to offer to the people that listen to this podcast. So I'm excited about that.
1: Thank you, Lisa. I'm definitely a work in progress and I don't pretend to be perfect, um, but I've got a God who forgives.
0: Amen. And every,
1: every day is a new day.
0: All right. Well, would you mind closing us out in a quick prayer?
1: Sure. Dear Lord, you alone are peace. You are love. You are joy. You are the alpha and omega. You are sovereign over our lives. Lord, And we just pray that you would fill our homes and each and every person that listens to this podcast, Lord, I just pray that your spirit would knock at the hearts of their families, that you would fill their homes um, where where people don't know you. I, I pray that you reveal yourself to them, Lord. And I just ask that each of our homes be filled with your presence, that our children know you, and that we're the type of women where our husbands praise us at the city gates, where we're examples of your love and your light to all that we encounter. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening. If you don't follow us yet on Instagram, I invite you to go over. And it is Friends underscore podcast. Follow us, like, share. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation.
1: Follow us on Instagram at faithwithfriends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?